Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. All right, our scripture reading for this morning comes to us from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 66, beginning in verse 18. It says, for I know their works and their thoughts, and the time is coming to gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory, and I will set a sign among them, and from them I will send survivors to the nations, to Tarshish, Pul, and Lud, who draw the bow, to Tubal and Javan, to the coastlands afar off, that have not heard my fame or seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the nations. And they shall bring all your brothers from all the nations as an offering to the Lord, on horses and in chariots and in litters and on mules and on dromedaries to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord. Just as the Israelites bring their grain offering in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord. And some of them also I will take for priests and for Levites, says the Lord. For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain, from new moon to new moon, and from Sabbath to Sabbath. All flesh shall come to worship before me, declares the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. All right, as is our custom, I have an opening question for you. And uh, you have the chance to respond, and we'll be able to talk about your responses a little bit. If you're worshiping along with us at home on the live stream, uh, you can jump on the live chat, and Pastor Chris, our online pastor, will see your responses, or you can text your answers to 407-842-8884. So those of you in the room can do that as well. Uh, It's pretty easy to do. Here is the opening question. What is something about you that makes you unique or different from most people? What is something about you that makes you unique or different from most people, right? It doesn't have to be from everyone. It doesn't have to be totally unique. But maybe it's something that you can do, a a weird talent or skill that you have. Maybe it's an experience that you went through or something like that or a place you've been that no uh, very few other people have had the opportunity to go. Whatever it is, what is something about you that makes you unique or different from most other people? Uh, again, you can text your answer to the number on the screen right there. I'll go ahead and answer the question. I could do, I do a lot of odd, weird things, uh, so I could go a lot of different directions with this, but I recently had an experience uh, with something, and so uh, what I'm going to go with today is I do martial arts. I've done martial arts for most of my life. I used to do judo, uh, and then recently, after taking some time off, I went back and started doing uh, jujitsu, which is very similar uh, to judo. And I really enjoy it. I like it. I mean, it's not something entirely unique. I suppose millions of people around the world probably do martial arts, but that's out of like a billion people, so it's still not that many. Uh, and I kind of like that. I like it. it. Almost makes me feel like I'm a I'm a part of a secret club that not everyone belongs to, you know? It makes me feel kind of unique and different and special. But also what happens is when you meet someone that also does that, you feel like you have an instant bond, right? Like kind of you're a part of this brotherhood or sisterhood. Um, 
It's funny, uh, so we have a, a family that longtime members of Holy Cross, uh, the Zacharias family, and uh, they recently just moved. Uh, they moved to Texas to be near family, and actually, surprisingly, I didn't know she was going to be here, but Carolyn Zacharias is back for a visit, uh, uh, her and her daughter Cora, um, so I'm talking about you guys today. Uh, you didn't know. <laughs> But uh, so when they moved, uh, they found a new church uh, there in Texas. Actually, do you want to shout out the name of it? I don't remember the name. Uh, Our Savior Lutheran. And uh, sounds like a really cool church. They've got a a podcast, actually. uh, And uh, Will, uh, her husband and my friend, was on the podcast. And as part of the podcast, he was kind of talking about how uh, he grew in his faith and like different moments in his life. Uh, like that, and he talked about how he found us here at Holy Cross. And the story he told was that when they were looking for a church, uh, he went online and he just was finding like a list of churches, and he would call up the church or contact the church and ask to meet with the pastor, right? And uh, he had a couple of people that never even got back to him, right? But then uh, if they got back to him, uh, he'd ask if he could meet with them or go out to lunch or something. And then he'd kind of ask about like what their church was like and what they believe and that kind of thing. And uh, he had a couple people get back to him, but, you know, it just didn't connect for him. Either they weren't really in the same place as him with his beliefs or there was some other issue. And so finally, uh, someone uh, told him about us here at Holy Cross. And so he reached out, contacted me. I was like, yeah, great. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go out to lunch. And so I took Will out to lunch, and uh, I think it was just at Chipotle, actually. And uh, um, he was asking me questions and, uh, about what we believe and what kind of church we are. And he said he really liked my answers, but there still didn't seem to be that connection until I mentioned that I did judo at the time. And Will was also really big into that. He was doing jujitsu at the time. Very, they're very similar. And uh, he thought that was so cool. So we started talking and found out that we actually had all these different things in common. And so that is actually what got them to come and give Holy Cross a try. And then all of you are awesome and amazing and welcoming. And so they enjoyed it here. And I mean, here for many, many years, really involved. Carolyn did our nursery. Uh, Will was in the, uh, the band up here. And so uh, it was great, all because, I mean, I shouldn't say all because, but at least in part, because of that little connection, that little weird thing that I do, uh, that he also happened to do, kind of drew us together. Uh, in this little bond. Um, so, Pastor Chris, do we have uh, some answers? What are other things uh, that people do that you, make them unique or You different? met, hold on, you met the one person in Seminole County that had the same... <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Well, and the funny thing is there was literally like three or four other things like that yeah. we shared in yeah, common, exactly. too. So You had some niche yeah. things. Okay, uh, there's a few funny ones in here and then some serious ones. Some person said that they can write backwards as easily as forwards. Okay. That's, I mean, that is a unique that is gift. Yeah, different. right there. Yeah. Somebody said they've been in the same profession for over 40 years and worked for the same employee uh, for 25 years, which nowadays is pretty incredible. I like this. You know, Sarah Russell was up there singing, right? Mm-hmm. 
And she's over there doing a great job. But did you know, Pastor Matt, that she's certified in stage combat and has done fight choreography for theater? Actually, I did know that. And now you know. Yes. Do yeah. not mess with Sarah But that is Sarah pretty Russell. awesome. I always yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, somebody lived in Europe for a couple of years. Uh, somebody said they, their family survived a mission trip to Guatemala. I'm not sure what that means. Um, <laughs> Somebody, I don't know who this is, they didn't put their name on, but they said, I married the same woman three times without being divorced. That is unique. Ah, okay. Oh, there it is, right there. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. At well, some point, you'll have to share the rest yeah. of that story with Actually, us. Actually, I'm just going to bring the mic over to you. You can finish this. Uh, that's it. Okay, awesome. So we're talking about this because the text today that we just read, sometimes these Old Testament texts, uh, people, we hear them, we're like, oh, what is this about? But uh, to me, when I, I break this down, it's really about division uh, and separation versus unity and kind of bringing together. Uh, because in this text, we have a picture uh, that is painted for us that things are divided, uh, that there is separation, right? So the nations are not all one, right? They don't, they don't all worship the Lord. They're not all coming to Jerusalem. They're not coming to his holy mountain. There is division and separation, and we have to be honest that even for us today, that without salvation, without Jesus, uh, without God changing that, we all would suffer from that same separation. We all would have that same separation from God, and we'd have that same division and separation from one another. Listen, this is going to sound harsh, but it's straight from Scripture. This is from Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 10. Here's what the Apostle Paul says about our natural state, kind of apart from God, apart from salvation. He says this, As it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, in, the path, in their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known." There is no fear of God before their eyes. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Wow, really going fire and brimstone today, huh? Uh, I mean, that sounds unbelievably harsh to our modern ears. But I think when we honestly and openly begin to compare ourselves to a perfectly holy and righteous God, we start to see how this is the truth, and we start to see what separates us from Him. When we are brutally honest with ourselves, and we don't kind of sugarcoat or try to explain away or justify uh, all the things that we do that are wrong, when we don't gloss over the ways that we've hurt other people, the unkind words, the meanness, the selfishness, uh, when we don't gloss over the ways we've hurt ourselves, the poor decisions and the sometimes, you know, just stupid mistakes that we make, then we're forced to admit that this is true, that we have sinned, and this sin separates us from God, and it divides us 
from one another. But as we admit that, let's not miss the point of this whole text from Isaiah, which is that God wants to bring all that to an end. He wants to end the separation. He wants to end the division, and he wants to bring people together. And in that Old Testament, he started it with his chosen people, the Israelites, but it was never meant to end there. That wasn't the plan. It was meant to go beyond that. And so he says, as we just read in verse 18, for I know their works and their thoughts, and the time is coming to gather all nations and tongues. And when this happens, they're not going to be second-class citizens. It's not going to be, oh, these were my original chosen people, and the rest of you are just kind of tagging along. No. There's going to be equality, and all people are going to be valued, because he also says in verse 21, that some of them I will also take for priests and for Levites. We're going to be full members of the same kingdom. This is God's vision of a new and better world. He says in 22, he calls it the new heaven and the new earth that I make shall remain before me. And you know, we actually have seen some of this come to pass. Because when we think about the kingdom of God, which now we call the church, we find that indeed the church isn't tied to any one nation or one people anymore. That in fact, the church believers in Jesus Christ exist in almost every nation, if not every nation on earth, and among every people. You find people that believe. You find God's kingdom in action and at work. And yet, we don't have to look very far to see that separation and division still exist and still remain. Why is that? In spite of God's plan, why do we still have to deal with division? Well, I'm going to ask you another question. It's going to maybe help us to answer this a little bit. Uh, the second question is this. Looking back at your life, and there's probably a lot of people you could identify, but I just want you to pick one. Someone that had a big impact on your spiritual life. As you look back at your life, who is someone that had a big impact on your spiritual life? Uh, again, you can jump on the live chat or text your answer to 407-842-8884. Um, I'm going to tell you a brief story about someone that had an impact on mine. Uh, some friends, when I was in high school... Uh, when I was in high school, I went through uh, a period of apostasy, which is just a fancy way of saying I didn't believe. Uh, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I think I'm only a Christian because my parents told me to be, and I've never really thought about it for myself, and I'm not sure I am. And so I kind of walked away from the faith. Uh, but I had some friends, some good buddies uh, that I used to do some, some gaming with, right? I was a, a big nerd in high school, so... Uh, we did board games and role-playing games and stuff like that. And that was in the 80s too, right? So there was already kind of a stigma on those things. So I had two hurdles I had to overcome. The first was that uh, um, for a while, my mother did not want me playing those games. 
because, uh, you know, the whole satanic panic thing from the 80s. Uh, and she hates it when I tell this story, by the way. She's always like, I didn't know. I wasn't trying to be mean. I didn't know. I just was watching out for you. And she eventually relented. She did. I have to give her that. She eventually saw, oh, it's fine. And so she relented. And so I still was playing with my gamer friends. That was one hurdle that had to be overcome. But then the second was they were devout Christians. And I wasn't. And so they very easily could have excluded me from their fellowship. But I remember one time I was going over, we were going to hang out, and I got there, they were already there, and as I'm walking up to the door of my buddy's house, I hear they're talking about me. And so I stopped for a second to listen uh, before they knew I was there. Because I'm not going to lie, a part of me thought they might be talking some trash, you know? And so I stopped to listen, and they weren't talking trash at all. In fact, it was quite the opposite. They were talking about me with care and concern. I remember one of them was saying, you know, Matt's a really good guy. Let's just keep praying for him, right? Let's just keep praying for him and keep loving on him. And that, I mean, I didn't instantly become Christian right at that moment, but that had a big impact on me, right? There could have been division there. They could have excluded me, but they didn't. They included me, and they continued to care for me and to love me, and that had a huge impact on my life. It is one of the reasons that I later was led back to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor Chris, we got some answers. Uh, what oh, other yeah. impacts have we seen out there? So we see a lot of pastors mentioned, um, and let's see, Natalie said pastors and a vicar who led the youth group and high school basketball coach at a Lutheran high school. Uh, one person mentioned Pastor Zach at the National Youth Gathering. He uh, led that, and it said it strengthened my faith more than I thought was possible, which is awesome. Uh, a lot of people mentioning parents, uh, youth directors, grandparents was probably number two. And one person mentioned just hearing the story of Jesus was so compelling. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I would say uh, grandmas and, and, oh, and the gentleman who was uh, married three times to the same wife said that his same wife helped him quite a bit. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Yes, um, there we go. Uh, when we create division, uh, when we create separation, I think we're actually going against the will of God. We're going against the kind of kingdom that he wants to have. And yet, we create division all the time, don't we? I mean, just look, the church itself is divided. Look at how many different denominations there are. I mean, there's thousands, really. We divide ourselves and separate ourselves over all kinds of things. Skin color, ethnicity, language, culture, nationality. Sometimes it's stupid stuff, just our preferences. We like one thing, someone else doesn't. Division, right? The things we do or don't do. We divide ourselves up. We, we, we form teams. How many times when we do that, when we allow that division to be created, do we lose an opportunity to present the gospel? How many times when we create division do we lose the opportunity to bring someone to Jesus? And I know what some of you may be thinking because I think the same thing, right? 
which is that sometimes, I mean, especially when we're talking about things like theology or sin or something like that, I mean, sometimes those things do matter, right? I'm not saying we ignore those things. I don't think Jesus did in his ministry. But what Jesus did in his ministry was he never let that stop him from reaching out to those people. He never let that stop him from hanging out with those people. He never let it stop him from loving those people and wanting to bring them into a relationship with himself. And we shouldn't either. Look, the truth is, we're not going to be able to fix all the division and separation in the world. We can't heal that stuff because on the one hand, we don't have the power or authority to do it. We're not God. And on the other hand, we ourselves are sinners who constantly fall short. We do fall into that trap of creating division. But there is one who doesn't fall short. There is one who is perfect. There is one who does have the authority and the power to heal the separation between us and God and between us and one another, and that's Jesus Christ. Seems cliche to mention it, but you know, probably the most well-known verse just in the world, John 3.16, right? John 3.16. I bet all of you know it. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved what? The world. God loved the world. That's everyone. That's you, and it's me. But it's also the people that don't look or act or sound anything like you or me. People who may have different, talk different, dress different. It's people who may have different sins from us as well, although not worse or more, just different. But Jesus died for all, and he created a church for all. He forgives all sins, and he brings us together as one people despite our differences. And then he calls on us to be a part of bringing together all those people, of fulfilling that vision of all nations coming together. Maybe you've heard of it. We call it the Great Commission, where Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. We are called to reach out to all nations. That means everyone from everywhere, man, woman, and child. Don't let your differences stop you from doing that. We all do have things that make us different and unique. And there are many ways that we can divide ourselves up into little groups or tribes or teams. But there is one thing we share that unites us, that makes us into a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a family, and that's Jesus Christ, and in his name. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.